Welcome to the second uh, Sports Tech Australia uh, meetup. As you guys know, a few of you here last time and a few new faces here. The idea of this meetup is just to bring together people who are involved in a convergence of digital and, and sports. So the first speaker is Submit uh, from the YouTube Partnerships team. He's done a lot of work with different organizations involved in sports teaching them how to leverage YouTube. So, uh, Samit, I'll hand over to you. Great. Um, yeah, thanks for coming, everybody. Um, <clears throat> so I started in YouTube Sports about three years ago and um, have since worked in uh, different projects, including the Olympics, which was probably the biggest project I worked on, which was last year. So that was the 2012 Summer Olympics, which was the first Olympics that we live-streamed on YouTube. Um, it was... A very so that that's the project I want to talk about more in detail, but also um, towards the end I want to speak about um, the local market and what our strategy um, is looking out in 2014 and the rest of this year and how we can uh, leverage some of the partnerships we can make in, in the local market. <clears throat> so uh, we started working on the Olympics about in um, early end end of 2010. Uh, beginning of 2011, and as you can imagine, um, it was a pretty complicated rights uh, discussion and uh, <laughs> uh, contract negotiations that lasted the majority of the time. Uh, but we were very interested in building a system for that because we, we've been wanting to get into live sports, or just live for a very long time, but we didn't have the sort of tentpole event to, to go for it. And so the Olympics proved to be the perfect um, event for us to build out an infrastructure from back to for, from back to end. So that included um, from the ingestion. So we did live ingestion in the cloud, uh, transcoding to different profiles, different resolutions, um, including mobile, of course. And then um, then we built our delivery system. So that had ABR, which is um, automatic bitrate. Um, so that means that if your network bandwidth reduced, then it will automatically drop the resolution. Um, right up to the player. So in the player we had um, a live player which built, which had inbuilt uh, instant replay, chapter markers, a um, lot, lot of features just for live. And so, so we built this whole system out for uh, the Olympics, but now that we had it, um, now we're leveraging that for all of our events. And so that's the kind of project we were looking for. Um, and then what, what happened was we worked with the NBC in the U.S. to broadcast in the U.S., um, but while we're talking to the IOC, they found, we found out that they didn't have, they still had the rights to 64 territories. And so uh, we showed the Olympics on YouTube in 64 territories, working directly with the IOC. <clears throat> so that was, that was like a landmark event for us. Um, but then once we built out the system and we proved the scale, um, then something happened towards the end of last year which just broke all the records. And that was the jump from the stratosphere, <laughs> the Red Bull jump. And, and that, was, that was pretty amazing because um, it was supposed to happen on Tuesday, but it was too windy um, and <laughs> in space. And, um, and, and the, the audience we got on Tuesday had already uh, melted some of our servers. And then we had till Saturday, because then they delayed it. So we had till Saturday, luckily to uh, make some fixes and add some more capacity. And then on Saturday we had 8 million live, live stream uh, concurrent viewers. And so that broke all records that we'd ever had and I think even all the online records also. Um, so it shows that 
you know, if people, if, if someone's life is on the line, people want to watch it <laughs> more than the Olympics. Um, <laughs> um, so, um, are, are really interested in, in sports, and sports is very interesting for content because it has a very short half-life. So, for example, people want to watch, you know, the rugby game over the weekend, they want to watch the highlights on Monday or Tuesday, sort of like water cooler effect, and then by next weekend nobody cares. Nobody watches the Super Bowl a week later. <laughs> Um, so, so what we what we talk to our partners about is is do it do it live because that's when you can get the most audience and build subscribers. Um, but then to keep sports as a 365 day programming strategy, so for that you have like interviews behind the scenes, um, new signings. Um, just yesterday, was it Real Madrid just signed? Uh, yeah, and so that was live streamed on YouTube. And so those kind of programs really keep the crowd interested and keep the audience coming back. And so what you want to do on YouTube, the whole strategy has changed for the site, is to build subscribers. And so you want to build subscribers who come back every day because we've noticed that subscribe, people who subscribe, they watch much more video. Instead of people who come to just snack on seeing a highlight or somebody sends them a link and they just come to watch one video. If you subscribe, then you go back and you can come back and see what else has been uploaded and you build like a program strategy. So, so our sort of advice or suggestion is to build, uh, to program with three kinds of people. Um, one is the hardcore fans who are going to come back no matter what. Um, and then you have the fringe fans who are interested in the sport, maybe not the team, or they're just interested in sports and they just want to see something that happens that's outstanding, like, you know, some record-breaking event. And then you have the general audience who wants to come and see, like, you know, a blooper or a streaker or you know something like that, right. a fight or something something that goes viral. Um, so keeping those three sort of audience buckets in mind, um, you should program your YouTube channel and try and build subscribers. And then of course leverage all social media, so Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever, wherever your fans are, uh, leverage all of those to drive them to video, and video is where you can actually monetize. So yeah, I look forward to getting to know everybody, and I have business cards, and I'm here based in Piermont, and would love to have more in-depth discussions. Any questions? Yeah. I mean, take, take this yeah, off. Yeah, sure. Ahead. You obviously, I mean, you've, you've been here for three months. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it may have been a personal move. I'm wondering if, if, if you moved here for a commercial reason. Um, uh, was there any particular reason that you're located in Australia? Um, the the opportunity came up, and um, so so we I kind of see Australia as a and a lot of people see it as, as sort of the gateway to APAC, but also as a market that is still, especially in online video, still very early in its stages, um, just because there's no you know. Netflix, there's no Hulu, a lot of these like premium services haven't arrived yet, so the market is, is and it already has proved itself because the little uh, video that we have, the monetization rates are through the roof. The CPMs, everything, everything. The inventory, the sell, how much we've sold out, is through the roof. So it's a very interesting market to expand, expand the services into premium, into subscriptions, just, just a whole bunch of things. So it's a very interesting case study, and it's absolutely beautiful out here. That's how you went over all the audience. Yeah, so I'm here on a on a one to two year work assignment. Okay, but let's see. Yeah. Is everyone stuff?
have a lot of focus on the sports business industry, so you're actually working for a digital company yes. spread across many industries. So how much does Google or YouTube really focus on the sports industry? Uh, yeah, so we have, um, it, it's one of our verticals, we only have three verticals, and so it's one of our verticals, we focus heavily on it, um, but because of the rights, you know, it comes down to we work with uh, the leagues, we work with the actual individual teams, but then we also work with Telstra and Foxfell. Um, so, so it's always, it's always this, whenever, and these are meetings that I have every day, um, it's kind of the partners want to make sure we aren't competing with them, right? That's that's what it comes down to. And so some of our um, initial conversations are always like, hey, if you give us the reference files, we can stop piracy, right? Keep it private. You don't need to show any any, any of the content. And um, But if people, if your fans upload the content, if we have the reference files, we can match it and automatically take it down. So that's the stage one, you know, just to open them up. <laughs> stage two is, okay, you have all your fans uploading stuff, why don't you monetize it? So we'll match it and you can show ads against the fans. And then the third stage is to, you know, embrace your fans and let them curate and create playlists and make it complete, make things go viral and, um, and, and, you know, fully embrace the whole platform and embracing your fans really. Um, because it's kind of like crowdsourcing curation, right? It's so hard for the editing is the hardest, longest piece, but you can sort of crowdsource that. Um, also, a lot of our, the partners we're talking to are very interested in using YouTube to go global. And so they've already sold the rights that really locked down in Australia, but the rights in, you know, Brazil. Like, you know, random, very, very, ex you know, remote countries are really interested in some of the sports, like uh, surfing and, you know, a lot, a, lot of, a lot of interest. And so there's some, even Korea, Japan, so there's some territories that YouTube can easily reach. And um, so, out of market is a big is a big uh, selling point as well. And do you pay for those rights? Or no, so YouTube doesn't pay for any rights. No. Yeah, we're just a platform. The way it works is that we provide the delivery and the audience. You put up your content. Whatever ads we show against it, there's a rev share. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and the and the big ad format that's TrueView, which is the one that's skippable mm. after five seconds. Yeah. That's the most popular and most profitable one for everybody. Curious to know, and it goes to, to the question was asked. What, what specifically, specifically for the Olympics and going yeah. forward? What, what is the breakdown between people actually coming to Google, yes. looking for well, it might be video, or it might be content, whatever that content yeah. is, versus people actually already on YouTube yeah. to look for a specific event or a specific kind of sport or a specific viral video? Or, yeah. So, and how do you see in future those two channels as an entry yeah. converging, or which is going to be more important or less important, and then social, yeah. obviously as, a, as the next thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it varies by sport and geography, but in general terms, um, the Google traffic maybe accounts for, you know, I want to say in the teens. Um, that's it. Uh, the majority of the traffic is definitely people coming to the watch page and so something goes viral or they go to the channel or YouTube.com. People come to YouTube and search and if they don't get a result, they think it doesn't exist. You know? <laughs> the video doesn't exist. That, that's the perception. Or they're like, oh, I just watched it. This looks interesting. And so they forget about what they were saying. general rule that, that YouTube has the point yeah. they're already looking for a video. If they're looking for video, then yes. 
Um, and that's just the mindset, the way it is. And then even in Google, like we're integrating a lot of the YouTube results. Like yeah, if you do a search, right? Well, the yeah, yeah. You, yeah, but we haven't yeah. seen it, it. It hasn't. It's only. It's only like you know maybe ten or fifteen percent. Um, what we see a lot of is people searching on YouTube. So YouTube is a huge search engine on its own. Um, and then people refining. And we actually do a whole sequence. So we see like when do people stop and go away from go go out leave the domain uh, versus because we track that to improve our related videos to yeah. keep people staying yeah. stay and watch more videos um, and then it come under quite a bit of criticism as well it goes back to yeah. what you just said by your with, with uh-huh. um, from sports marketing and sports content businesses for now starting to provide results yes. schedules yeah. injury updates etc etc where they were independent portal or, yeah. You know, even I, th- I think even ESPN would be annoyed about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's stuff that now pops up on the first search Absolutely. page for long tail keywords. Yeah. Giving you stuff that people would have gone into ESPN or yeah. Future Report or whatever the case yeah. may be. So, yeah. It's interesting to see how that plays out. No, you're, you're right. Back and back Last, this morning, when I woke up, I searched for US Open to see the results. Yeah. And on the first page on the Ooh, top, there were, the results were right there. Even, a, even if it's live, yeah. yeah. But it's not great for all of us that are trying to <laughs> right. package one thing to yeah. other yeah. so all, but, but all of that data is not coming from Google. Google no. is just surfacing it. Doing, yeah. doing and so like StatSync and you know, a lot of yeah. these, uh, it's partnership deals, right? Um, the travel industry is even yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Because now you can see flight schedules and you can even book a flight by Google, which makes Travelocity and Expedia very happy. Yeah, but you know, but then people aren't doing it that much because maybe the rates aren't that good or maybe the choices yeah, aren't that good. So it takes a while. Yeah. And and things like that, like flight is the is the what are the flights available or flight those are just there's not much context or not much content really there. So that's some, surfacing something like that, and, and we'll probably see it more and more with Google now, you know, where it's like very, it knows what you're looking at, or what's the time or whatever. Um, but then when you want like real reviews, then you're going to go to the review side. Or if you want like real commentary or sports, you know, a real, an in-depth um, analysis of the game, then you definitely go to um, the sources. Can I say that it's only came out of travel? The middle of those the big ones. Yeah. Absolutely, they see it as a risk. Yeah. They're also probably one of the biggest spenders. Yeah. Um, the travel industry in terms of Google, so they're enormous partners in Spain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, keep in mind that travel, the actual purchase of a ticket is just one tiny piece of the purchase decision cycle, and so as you talk about the reviews and yeah. discovery and all that, things, uh, you see Google as a risk. Absolutely. Cases of huge ways. So from the perspective of the partnership team, yes. what sort of partners are you looking what do you look for in a yeah. partner? Yeah. Um, so, uh, for me, <laughs> personally, I just want to do cool stuff. So, <laughs> so stuff that's not that's not possible on TV. That's what I'm looking for. You know, like taking a game and putting it up on YouTube is pretty boring to me. Um, or taking linear content and putting it up on on YouTube is 
It's a start, but it's not that exciting. Um, and that for that, you don't need any of the partnerships team's help. You can just do it completely self-serve. Yeah, sure, no problem. Um, so, so we're looking at, well, I'm looking at sort of three forms of engagement. Um, and those are interactivity, social, and immersivity. Okay. Immersive. Immersive. Um, and, so, and so interactivity is kind of like, you know, we're working with, um, on, the time, on the time bar, uh, heat maps to see like where are people sharing or where are most people commenting. Maybe something happened there, there was a dunk or a slam dunk or a try or something like that. So we're trying to like automate some of those things. Um, in social, we're looking at Google Hangouts, so people watching it together, not being in the same location. Um, a lot of experiments around those. And then the third one, which is immersive, we're looking at putting GoPros on every player, different point of view, um, putting together, making a 3D model of the stadium and actually having uh, UGC content all synced together so you can actually see, oh, he hit a, he hit a home run, but I want to see that angle from that user's content. So we're just experimenting with those kind of things. So those are the kind of things that really interest me. Um, that is cool. I think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's a lot of... There's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of interest in fan curation, okay? Um, because that's really hard to do. Um, so it's really hard to do, you know, manually. And so if you get, you know, all your fans to pick the best spot, uh, best uh, shots or moments in the game, um, putting those together is is, is really awesome. Um, but it's really hard. Yes, it's really hard. So yeah, but besides that, yeah, our partnership. We're, we're if you have content and you want to monetize it and put it on YouTube, it's completely free. Anybody can do that. YouTube.com slash partner um, has a lot of information, self-serve. If you have a lot of content and you need like a special injection, um, talk to us. We can set up an FTP server. We can set up, uh, there are different tools to upload the content. Metadata, that's a little bit tricky sometimes, depending on where it is. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, okay. it's open. Any last final question for... Uh, yeah, sure. I look at sports in Australia and I look at um, the NBA and I think that they're miles ahead in terms of uh, obviously their, their content on YouTube. Right. Um, a couple of questions. Are you think the official rights owners for their uh, digital publishing of the video? Um, and do you think there's any way that um, through the rights deal that are currently in place in Australia, most of the costs are quite AFL and the yeah. um, We could have a situation where our highlights will be more readily available than we can um, So, um, again, YouTube is just a platform. So we haven't so far, it's hard to say ever, but we haven't so far um, gone and acquired rights ourselves. It's always with a partner. So we usually we always work with the with the with the rights holders, um, and and in terms of like the NBA, yeah, they own the rights completely. Um, they just see this as another avenue that's not that's not cannibalizing their TV, their broadcast deals, and you know it took them time to realize this, but yeah, they see that they're selling more tickets, they're more interest. Um, People are still watching TV and, you know, still watching it on, on television. And on, on NBA, their channel on YouTube, it's not live. It's clips yeah. and, and it's, um, you know, it's not live. Yeah, it's VOD. Um, and the same goes with, like, the Australia 
like we're working with just the right whoever the new rights holders are. We're working with them. What we're trying to do with especially our partnership team is educate the the leagues not to bundle up their broadcast and digital rights, right? Because <laughs> um, that could be worth something. And so uh, take it seriously. You know, the digital rights in different markets and however you look at it um, can be valuable. Okay.